Yes, you're frustrated, I'm frustrated, we're all frustrated in Gainesville, but we're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. Happy holidays. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. And now that we're talking about recruiting because it's it's the early signing period almost and look florida fans are frustrated and i i understand i am also frustrated and i am not the type of person where i'm frustrated with losing recruits to miami that you know i i think i've been very open about it where not every recruit's going to work out. I get it. Five stars are great, and five stars are likely or more likely to work out than other recruits, but not every five star is going to work out. I've also said it multiple times where Billy Napier does this very meticulous scouting style where he writes these full scouting reports where most coaches write a few sentences or a paragraph or so. So I'm like, okay, well, the the effort put into evaluating these players Sky high, sky high. So I'm I'm cool with taking the four stars and a bunch of four stars and maybe a couple like three stars or maybe a five star here and there. And I'm cool with building through that. I don't need a bunch of five stars to make me happy as a Gators fan, although I understand pe- people need that. Um, that's not what frustrates me, losing players to Miami. I don't care because end of the day, you still have to get them on the field performing and in sync and winning football games. Which, if Mario Cristobal can do that with the Miami Hurricanes recruiting class, that's awesome. Like, that's great for him. They found a good mix. But until they do that, I don't care. Um, I just don't put that much weight into an actual recruit like that. And maybe that's wrong for me, but that's how I am. What frustrates me is that I feel like Florida keeps losing recruits for the same reason. And I'm not here to cry NIL. I very much support NIL. And I very much support that if you're a football player or an athlete and you're getting money to go to a school or you're getting money to play football for a school or play any sport for a school and you want to choose that, go ahead. I genuinely don't care why you choose a school as long as you feel as though it's the right landing spot for you. That's what matters to me. So if that's the case, awesome. Good for you. What frustrates me is that Florida keeps losing recruits because of NIL purposes. And again, I'm not going to cry. Miami pays their players. Good. They're entitled to let them do it. I don't care. But it frustrates me that Florida won't match. And I understand. I, I think that there's different philosophies here between Florida, Miami, Texas A&M, where it seems like Florida's approach is we're not going to pay for recruits. But once you're on campus, we'll pay to keep you. That seems to be their approach. As in, we want people who want to be Gators, and then we'll pay you as an incentive to stay, which is a solid approach. And here's the thing. No matter what approach you use um, – there's no right approach because if Florida doesn't pay kids, but then they have more success than Miami, 
then who cares if they didn't pay kids? Because they had more success because they, they got players that were bought in. If Miami has more success because they spent more money, then great for them. Like the good for I hate them, but great for them. If, if they found that that method works for them because you still have to get on the field and perform. And that's my point. Um, but there's different approaches. Florida doesn't want to pay for recruits. They want to pay to keep football players that are proven products because Florida cares about ROI. If you're Miami and you have John Ruiz, who is spending his personal money to go ahead and, and essentially buy recruits and buy commits, go ahead. Like that's your approach to, to essentially buy a super team, a super class, which again, go ahead and do that if you think that's the right approach for you. If you're Texas A&M, well, it didn't work for you this year. Um, but I, I will bring up Texas A&M because I'm on obviously the subject of NIL in recruiting and of course, Texas A&M for the 2022 class had like the highest ranked recruiting class. They were number one, all that stuff. Um, it's different from Miami. I want to make that very clear because Texas A&M went in as a bad faith operator. That's why the recruiting class for 2023 isn't even close to 2022 because Texas A&M went in there as a bad faith operator. Like, I'll tell you what I've been told about Texas A&M, because I don't care if anyone gets mad at me for saying this. It's not someone that, you know, it's not someone that's going to hurt me that said this. So I'll say this. Texas A&M went in and told kids, we'll give you a million dollars to come to Texas A&M. And the kid was like, oh, heck yeah, a million dollars? I'll go. And then they went, and it was like, here's $250,000. And Kids were like, what do you mean? You told me you'd give me a million dollars. And Texas A&M's approach was, oh, no, 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 no. A million total, $250,000 per year. And so they went in as bad faith operators. Because you don't go and tell a kid, oh, we're going to give you a million dollars and then give them $250,000 and, and try to call it, try to be like, oh, no, we, 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 were, we were great there. No, that's bad faith operating. Uh, my understanding is that Miami, the way they approach players, is they'll tell you, we'll give you X amount of money, like, we'll give you a million dollars, and then they give the kid a million dollars. Plain and simple. Like if, if that's how Miami operates, if Miami is being honest and open with these kids and continuing that, then that's great. But Texas A&M, the reason that their recruiting class is nothing compared to their 2022 recruiting class isn't because of the on-field product, because the recruiting class sucked before they sucked on the field. The, the problem is that they are known as bad faith operators. We know these kids talk. We know that the players currently talk to recruits. We know that happens. And they go, oh, hey, yeah, about that NIL deal. And the Texas A&M players who got screwed over are just like, mm, don't do it. Like, it's not good for you. There's a reason a bunch of freshmen hit the portal. There's, there's a reason these bad things happen in Texas A&M because they were bad faith operators. And so someone in a group chat I was in was like, is 2023 Miami the same thing as 2022 Texas A&M? No, I don't think it is because I I get it. Gators fans, you hate John Ruiz. That's fine. But I don't think he's a bad faith operator. I, I think that he's saying we're going to pay you this money and he's going to actually do it. And that's the big difference. I think Texas A&M maybe over promised and didn't have the money. So maybe they were being good faith operators. Um but then they didn't have enough money to put their money where their mouth is. And then they were just like, oh, no, we meant 250000 per year. And, and that's what happened. Um, 
Whether or not that's the case, we'll we'll really see. But I think that John Rees is going to be a good faith operator in this because he knows that if you aren't a good faith operator, it'll immediately hamstring the entire program, and no one wants to do that. Especially someone like John Ruiz, who obviously clear, who clearly cares a lot about the Miami Hurricanes program. So that's not going to be an issue with them, in my opinion. I think that's what also makes them very different from Texas A&M. I know people like to make the comparison because we know Texas A&M paid kids to go to that recruiting class, and we know Miami's paying kids to go to this recruiting class. The big difference is that I don't think Miami is trying to screw over their athletes. I think that's the big difference because they know that long-term, even short-term, you're going to get screwed by it because Texas A&M is already doing that. So I I don't think that Miami is being a bad faith operator in any way. Um, So that's why I'm like, yeah, I I think Miami's doing it right. And I think that Miami's taking, or maybe not doing it right, but I think Miami is handling the whole buying recruits thing right. So that's the big difference here. But uh, we're about to talk about Grayson McCall Maybe being a Florida Gator, but first, today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn. So as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business and the sun goes in at, you know, 4 p.m., LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly Highly, highly recommend it with simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience and every prerequisite that you could be looking for. There's there's a reason that small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality leads. And you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And reports came out Monday early afternoon, maybe late morning that uh, I believe it was on three that kind of broke it. We'll say broke it. Um, Grayson McCall, Florida, emerging as a leader to land him. Grayson McCall, of course, is one of the most uh, prolifically successful individual like stat producers in college football as a quarterback in this offense that people call triple option, and we went through this last week, and it's RPO heavy, and there are triple option plays, and there's these wonky gadget gimmicky stuff, and it's really cool, and it's really fun. And Grayson McCall has been the quarterback that's been incredibly productive for that. And here's the thing. I think he's a great fit for Florida. I did, just skill set-wise, I think he'd be an awesome fit. I understand people going, yeah, but he's not going to be in that gimmicky offense. Uh, I also don't like when people are like, oh, it's very similar to, to Billy Napier's offense. No. Like, like they'll ask him to do some of the same things, but it's not super similar. At least I, I I feel that way. And when Grayson McCall hit the transfer portal, despite him saying that he pisses teal, which is an awesome saying, um, he will not be going to Liberty, it seems, where I know when he first hit the portal, the thought was uh, Grayson McCall is going to follow Jamie Chadwell to Liberty, where, of course, Jamie Chadwell was the head coach at Coastal Carolina. He was one that brought in that super fun offense uh, and then Grayson McCall scheduled a uh, visit last week for this past weekend with Auburn. And then it was like Thursday and he canceled the meeting. And it was like, hey, Grayson McCall, 
is not going to be visiting Auburn, which was kind of unexpected. Once he hit the portal, Florida buzz started. This, this was a thing where Florida's clearly in on these transfer portal QBs. Uh, they were in on Leary from North Carolina State. He is likely headed to Kentucky to replace Will Levis because they need quarterbacks that have like tattoos on the upper arms. Uh, I'm pretty sure Will Levis has tattoos on the upper I don't know why. If he doesn't, I'm sorry. I just feel like in my mind, I'm like, I feel like I remember him with tattoos on the upper arm. Um, but they were likely headed to Kentucky. And here's the thing. I know that since the season ended pretty much, pretty much since Anthony Richardson declared for the draft, Florida fans were Sam Hartman from Wake Forest is going to hit the portal and he's going to be a Gator. And it was also Michael Pratt from Tulane is going to hit the portal and he's going to be a Gator. They might hit the portal and they might be Gators still because Grayson McCall is not a Florida Gator. So we're not going to pretend Grayson McCall committed to Florida and he's going to be our QB in 2023. No. But I, and here's the thing, I, I spoke about it with John Garcia last week, and I spoke about it on the show last week by myself, where I was like, Florida can't wait around. You know, you, you can't go, because Michael Pratt it plays in the New Year's Six Bowl, he's playing Oklahoma with Tulane. You can't wait around and go, Michael Pratt's going to hit the portal after the bowl game, and Florida's going to have him. Unless you know that for a fact, backs, like behind the scenes, because you can't publicly talk about that. So unless Florida knows that, which, by the way, they don't, um, then you can't just sit there. Same thing with Sam Hartman. You can't wait for him to maybe hit the portal and get him. Because right now, perceptionally, Florida's getting dunked on left and right. Just whether it's recruiting, portal, whatever it is, Florida's getting absolutely yammed on all day. And yeah, again... Perceptionally, I genuinely don't think that recruiting is not even close to as bad as Twitter makes it seem. I want to make that abundantly clear. Recruiting is not nearly as bad as it looks on Twitter or in Discord servers. By the way, Lockdown Gators Discord link is in the description below. Um, but a shameless self plug. It's not as bad, but you need a QB for 2023 because having that established quarterback for 2023 will go, okay, well, Guess what? Maybe a portal receiver wants to come here. Maybe portal lineman want to come here. Maybe portal tight end. Whatever it is, adding Grayson McCall early this week would be huge. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know what his timetable is. I have no idea if Grayson McCall is like, "Hey, I want to enjoy Christmas and then make my decision because I'll be with my family at Christmas." I don't know what he wants to do. But if Florida could get Grayson McCall early this week to be a Gator. It's a fantastic sign for the remainder of the offseason where with the early signing period coming up, maybe Grayson McCall commits and Jaden Platt's like, oh, well, I mean, if if Grayson McCall is going to be the quarterback, then I'll, I'll, be, I'll be cool going there because they're going to be good in 2023. Or maybe a portal receiver. Uh, I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. I'm so sorry because I'm not trying to say Dominic Lovett, who isn't going to be a Gator. Dominic Lovett's not going to be a Gator, but maybe – if Grayson McCall commits to Florida, a receiver like Dominic Love, it'll be like, oh, wait, they got they got a QB now who's like, who I can trust, so I'll commit to Florida and I'll go there. Things like that where you can get 2023 recruits and commits, you can get further portal commits, but you can't sit around and wait for Michael Pratt and Sam Hartman. Grayson McCall is the guy that's interested. They're, Florida's emerging as a leader, according to On3. 
and they could do that, and it'd be awesome. Grace McCall, someone who we've been talking about who can come in and operate this offense. I don't think that Billy Napier's offense is very similar to Coastal Carolina. They do some similar things, but guess what? So does every offense. Every offense in college football takes things from other offenses and throws wrinkles into their game. That's what happens. But I do not think that you can go, yeah, they're, they're a similar offense. Because you can't possibly, because uh, it's the same people that say, Coastal Carolina's offense is pretty similar to Billy Napier's offense, but also calls Coastal Carolina's offense the triple option. Those can't be the same thing. It can't be. You can't go, oh, yeah, those are offenses are a lot of like, one's a triple option, one's more wide zone specific. It makes no sense. So you can't do that. Um, and I'm sorry, but that tilts me. That absolutely tilts me when people do that. I think Grayson McCall would be a great fit, though. I think he could do everything Billy Neighbor would ask for him and then some. And he can make some of those extra plays. So come on over, Grayson. I know you said you pissed heel, but piss orange and blue. And, and we'll have a lot of fun there. But now we're about to take a look at where former Florida Gators are landing in the transfer portal because there's a lot of them that left. And at the time of recording this, nine of them have landing spots, which can't wait to see how they do. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by the NHTSA. And I'd like to think I'm an open book here. I tell you this all the time. This one does touch base with me personally. Uh, I lost a teammate of mine in April 2021. So next, because of a drunk driver. So when you're hanging out with friends and it's the holiday season, and I know a bunch of people who, you know, moved away from home or went away for college are coming back home and they're seeing all their friends and their family and they're going to bars and they're putting back drinks. As the evening is coming to a close and you're like, oh, should I take an Uber or a Lyft or should I just drive myself? Um, Don't drive yourself. Like, no, don't do that. It's a stupid decision. There's no such thing as a good drunk driver. You're just an idiot if you think you're a good drunk driver. Results of drunk driving, tragic and often deadly, and that doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel. It's stupid. When people are like, oh, should I drive drunk? Their thought is not, what if I kill someone? Their thought is, what if I get pulled over for driving drunk? And then that happens. No, don't do that. No, just just drive sober or get pulled over. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the Florida Gators landing spots. This part's probably going to be a little bit quicker than usual. But at the time of recording this, there are nine Florida Gators, former Florida Gators, committed to their new landing spots. Um, And here's the thing that I thought was pretty interesting. There's a good deal of them playing Power 5 football, and there's a good deal of them playing Group of 5 football, or less than that. Um, Or Group of 5 football. (laughs) Um, Right now, guys playing group of five football guys committed to play below power five football. Griffin McDowell, I believe he's Tennessee Chattanooga. He went to Lloyd Summerall is at USF. Nick Elksness is at South Carolina. So SEC football still. Kamar Wilcoxon went to Temple. Uh, Obviously, aside from from Nick Elksness, all those guys are playing group of five or below football. Not great. I think it's pretty indicative when people are like, oh, well, Dan Mullen had the number nine class in his fr- in his first year. Look at that class. And look at how many major contributors there are the first two years. Look at those classes and look at how many contributors there are. Look at how many Power 5 football players there are. Look at how many NFL players there are because a lot of those guys are in the NFL now or could be in the NFL now, like eligible. So look at how many of those guys are NFL are in the NFL. Look at how many of those guys are playing Power 5 football. 
Look at how many of those guys are even playing college football anymore. Look at how many of those guys ever contributed for Florida. That's why I don't care about recruiting class rankings because it's a bunch of ineligible guys or guys that are never going to contribute to you. So when you when you talk about how does Florida go six and seven, how do they not have all these kids? Because Dan Mullen didn't recruit good football players. He didn't recruit SEC caliber football players. That's why they're not playing SEC football anymore. That's why they're not playing Power 5 football anymore. You look at guys who, of the guys that are still playing Power 5 football, you have Avery Helm committed to TCU the other day. You have Nick Elksness committed to South Carolina the other day. You have Corey Collier committed to Nebraska. You have Marco Ortiz committed to Nebraska, which, by the way, also uh, Prince Lee Umanmielin's little brother, Prince Will Umanmielin, also just committed to Nebraska. So a bun- bunch of people where Corey Collier and Marco Ortiz can talk about Prince Lee and <laughs> with, with Prince Will. Um, Donovan McMillan went back home to Pitt. He's playing for Pitt Panthers next year. Josh Braun went to Arkansas where he was with um, – where he was with Sam Hartman there. Uh, he was initially committed to him when he was the offensive line coach at Georgia. So Josh Braun still going with him. Most of the guys that are playing Power 5 football are young players. Avery Helm just finished his third year. Nick Elksness finished his second year. Corey Collier finished his second year. Donovan McMillan finished his second year. Josh Braun, grad. Marco Ortiz, I don't believe he's a grad, but he's got three years, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Most of the guys that committed to Power 5 football are still very young. And it's like, okay, well, they just never got an opportunity. So we don't know if they'll be good or not. So we'll take them at the Power 5 level. But a lot of other Mullen recruits not getting the interest from Power 5 schools, really. I think that's pretty telling. Uh, as, as far as just, I think it's telling that high-level, high-caliber programs don't want them because Dan Mullen didn't recruit good football players. You look at Avery Helm and TCU. By the way, one, that's an awesome fit. Um, two, one of the few guys with more than two years of experience that got a Power 5 offer. That's not, like, like I want I want to make it abundantly clear. This is not a coincidence that Dan Mullen recruits are going to group of five programs. And I, I don't want to be a jerk here because I feel, I feel like I'm being a jerk by pointing this out. But I need to make it clear because next time you're sitting there and you're like, why isn't Billy Napier doing this awesome stuff with his awesome team and his awesome roster? And it's because the roster sucks for the most part. That's why recruiting is so important. That's why I'm fine with another six-win year next year. No, I'm not, I'm not fine. I shouldn't have said that. Eight wins next year. Seven or eight wins. I know that the schedule is incredibly difficult and, and it's hard to shape even who's going to be here, so it's hard to say. But you're looking for improvement. So we'll say seven wins is what I'm okay with. But it's hard to, to look at that and just go, well, Billy Napier should be winning games with, with this number nine recruiting class that Dan Mullen had or this number 11 recruiting class that Dan Mullen had. No, he shouldn't. The recruiting class sucks and it was fluffed with players who never even made it to campus. And if they did make it to campus, they were not nearly as good as their recruiting rank said or indicated. Yes, Donovan McMillan, I think he's a very good football player. I wish he was still a Gator. Avery Helm, I think he's a very good football player. I wish wish he was still a Gator. Josh Braun, I think he's a very good football player. I wish he was still a Gator. Every other name on that list, I'm like, well, you know, sucks, but I don't care. 
there's not a lot of guys that left. There's most of the people who hit the portal from Florida are just well, whatever. That's all they were. They weren't these big time contributors. So next time you're like Billy Napier should be winning these games. Look at who is on this roster, and look at how many people. I know for a fact I had comments that were telling me Lloyd Summerall should be starting. I know for a fact I had comments that were Nick Elksness should be starting. Those are two players where and again, I, I do like Nick Elksness, and I, I think that he has a role, but he's going to play for South Carolina, who did not use their tight ends properly this year. And Lloyd Summerall is going to USF, which is in a Power 5 program. You wanted him to be a starter. And I think that's a very good indicator as to who's on this roster, where you wanted him to be a starter, he left the program and went to the Group of 5 level. So let's not talk about this roster being great. There's a reason recruiting is so important for this team, and there's a reason that we're going to talk about recruiting a lot tomorrow and the rest of this week and the rest of the season because we needed in Gainesville to have a good football team because we do not have a good roster right now. Extra Week Lockdown Gators, your first listen of the day. Every day I'm available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. I don't know why I said I'm available daily and free, but... I am, if you're curious. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football recruiting. For your second listen of the day, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. Right behind me for Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Line Sports and Giants Country at SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.